Hello there, beautiful people of the universe. It's Elizabeth Danielle Pujadas, and you are currently listening to episode 17 of Shine Brighter with Liz. Before I start this episode, I just want to go ahead and say thank you so much for taking the time, your valuable time, to sit down and listen to the content that I've created for you. It truly means the world to me that you've decided to listen to my podcast. So I'm actually really excited for you guys to listen to this episode today because it was such a great time recording it, and I have such a wonderful friend. Her name is Mathia Vargas, and you're going to have the pleasure of listening to her today and her thoughts. And um, the conversation was amazing. We went deep, and we talked about some real things, and I even got a little emotional because it was just real, and it was awesome, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So Mathia Vargas is a dear friend of mine. She's an actress. She actually plays Lisa in the Spirit Award featured film in El Seltimo Dia, directed by Jim McKay. It's currently available on HBO, also on iTunes and Amazon, so definitely check out this film. She also currently just played a title role in an upcoming short film, and she played Jenny in a stage reading of 2050 by Tony Meneskis, and that was done at the Colorado New Place Summit, and it just got picked up by the Denver Center. Mathia is Such an awesome girl, and I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. All right, so we are recording. Thank you so much, Mathia, for being on my podcast today. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. I adore you so much. So this is just really an honor. I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to dive deep. Starting right now. Okay, so let's start from the beginning of your life. And I really like to ask this question because I just, I think when you start from your childhood, it really explains a lot about who you are as a person. So I just want to know, like, what were you like as a child? What was your childhood like? And um, if you can just kind of lead that into a journey of what it's been like from childhood to where you are now. Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean... The journey has been a wild ride, but I think if I if I had one word to describe myself as a as a kid, it would be shy. I was like painfully shy and really studious. You know, your typical nerd. Uh. Um, yeah, I mean, I was. You know, I had this inner fire for sure, but I just was so afraid to let that out, and then it just not be cool. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, be judged for it because I always wanted to be perfect. If I was going to do something, I wanted it to be right. I was really afraid of making mistakes. So I was um, pretty stressed out as a kid in regards to that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was really shy and really quiet. And it's really interesting to people who knew me as a kid and then spent a lot of time not knowing me. And then, like, I ran into my gym teacher from when I was a kid on the train platform a couple Uh of years ago. She's like, oh, my God, how are you? What are you doing now? And I was like, oh, I'm an actress. And she was like, what? You never used to talk. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I was like, yeah, now I speak for a living, kind of. So um, I was heavily intellectual. Like, my parents were really into me doing well in school, and I was really into it, too. But it was always a source of stress for me. And the thing, the places where I felt the most at home, the most content, the most free was when I was doing art and when I was on stage. And that started, um, I remember the first time was in first grade (laughs) where we went up there and we, we did, um, we just sang some songs in English and in French. And I was like, I really like being up here. And I was like proud of myself for not freaking out because there were some kids that didn't even sing. They were so scared. And then we did a play in third grade and I loved it. And then in fourth grade, I joined this um, this children's theater company called Tada. Like they did, you know, they had their downtown thing, but they also had their like community outreach. And I went to a school in the hood. We were really poor, you know, like my parents didn't have money to send me to drama classes. So they came to our school and through that program, they kind of were like, man, this kid's really into it. She loves to sing and dance. And I was so focused on being good at it that I was like, and it was like so meditative for me. And it helped like me see a side of myself that I didn't know I had. And so then I started doing their weekend classes with them. And that was when I kind of knew that I loved performance. And then, you know, I wanted to be a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) 
feel and I'm intense right like I was like when I was in middle school I was like I really want to be a lawyer so I got myself into this like (laughs) mock trial program where you would prepare with law students at Columbia like you would sit there and they would give you a case and you would prepare it as if you were the prosecution or the defense team and you would present it in these competitions in front of a real judge and it was really intense and I mean in retrospect it was because it was performance. I mean, we had an audience, we were on stage, but um, at the time I was really into it and we were always the prosecutors. They're so always, always like, yeah, we're putting bad guys away. Um, God, so you're man. like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this big. Like we're going, let's go oh, Harvard. Oh, hard. And then, um, and then one year we ended up on the defense. We, we drew the coin for defense and it was like someone that in my eyes was like, clearly guilty and it messed with like my moral compass a little bit and I was like I know I don't like doing this I'm gonna be a doctor (laughs) right typical like first generation kid like if you're not gonna be a lawyer or an engineer you're gonna be a doctor and I went really hard after that um like really hard like I graduated from college with a degree in human biology wow I was really gonna go do that I don't know why (laughs) I feel like it there's like a pattern in you it's just that like you set your mind and you do it. Is that like kind of what I see? Is that like, you're like, okay, this is the plan. Let's go. Let's go. And then I, and then, but then, you know, it's really, it's really great to have that kind of drive, but at the same time, it's kind of scary because you can put on blinders Mm -hmm. and kind of ignore the signals that life is sending you. And the biggest signal that life was sending me that was that the thing that made me happy wasn't the thing that, you know, society or your family is saying, is important and is valid and is valuable Mm -hmm. for you to focus on. For me, it was being on stage. For me, it was acting where I felt the most comfortable, the most at home and the the happiest. And that was a big source of stress for me. And I remember being in college and talking to my dad on the phone, like, um, and he's like, all I hear you talk about is rehearsals. And I never hear you talk about what you're doing in lab and what you're doing in your science courses and stuff. What's going on with that? And I was like, I mean, I'm doing really well, but I'm on, if I'm really honest, like I'm not happy. And I just keep thinking about after I graduate and go to medical school, not having the time to do this. And it makes me really sad. And he was like, well, Gigi, he still calls me that. He's like, life is really short. And the whole point of our existence on this earth is to be happy. So do what makes you happy. And if acting is what makes you happy, then go for it. Yeah. But really go for it. And, you know, that was senior year. <laughs> I was like, I wish, I wish I would have, we would have had this conversation, like, freshman year. Um, but, you know, we go through what we go through for a reason. And I needed to see that um, being an artist and being an intellectual are not mutually exclusive. Like, I could still be who I was and still love creating. And, yeah, that's how I got to where I am now. So... I love that story so much. Like you even made me so emotional when you started talking about your dad. Cause like, yeah. that's awesome. You know, that you had that like guidance and it's so crazy. Cause sometimes we just need someone else to give us permission. Like yes, my mom like has really been that for me too. That voice of reason to just be like, if you don't do this, like she's really instilled fear. Like yeah. you'll be a mom and pregnant and married and you give up your dreams. And I'm like, no. I need to go to New York today. It's it's wild that, you know, I I like how independent I am. And I sometimes get in my head a little bit about how I felt like I needed that permission, but it's because you want to make your parents proud, right? Like right. there's something about knowing that you come from people that gave up everything that they knew and everything that they loved to and made these huge sacrifices so that their kids, like the next generation could do better and could self-actualize. Like what a gift, you know, that we, that I got, that I didn't have to do this, have the same struggle that they had. And so you feel like you owe something to them. And mm-hmm. I was like, if I don't do one of these, you know, stereotypical career choices where you're guaranteed to succeed, if you put in the work, then I'm not, I'm not thanking them in some way for what they did for me. And that's, you know, it's, it's a valid fear, but it doesn't, it's rooted in fear as well. Um, so for, 
for me to bring that up to him, who was really the one that would push me the most because he's one of the most, my father's like truly a genius, one of the most intellectually versatile people I've ever met. He could talk to you about anything. It's wild, but it's also really intimidating coming from someone like that. So I thought that he would be the one to push back. And he's like, well, you have to remember, I was an artist too. And I didn't have the opportunity to go after what I wanted because in my family, you were an architect or you were an engineer and that was it. And you couldn't deviate from that. And so that he gave me that gift. I'm really grateful to him for that. Wow. I love that so much. That's so beautiful, Mathia. Thank you for (laughs) sharing all of that. That was so good. It really was. Okay. So let's go on to our next question. And this one is, what is the lesson that has taken you the longest to learn? Oh, man. You know, there's so many. (laughs) I think... um, There's a couple, one of them is learning to have more fun. Um, That was a big lesson and truly one that I'm still sort of learning is, is I'm really, I'm really focused and I, I really like to, I was such a good kid, you know, like I never made mistakes. I I could have scraped my knees more. I, I could have gotten in trouble more. I could have taken more risks, but I didn't because I wanted to do what was right. And then, you know, as a teenager, I deviated a little bit. I got in a little bit of trouble, but really not as much as I could have. And now I'm well into adulthood and I'm like, man, I really should have. Can I curse? Yeah. I really should have fucked up more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My guest asked that. Can I say shit? Can I say that? (laughs) I don't know. know, (laughs) Um, I want to be good. (laughs) Um, yeah, I really just should have fucked up more. I really should have made more mistakes because I feel like scraping your knees teaches you life lessons. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the hardest lesson to have learned is is being willing to take more risks and be willing to make more mistakes because in those, in, in all of that is where you really grow. So I feel like that's one of the biggest lessons for me. You've been saying just like, learning to have more fun it like it hit my soul so hard because I feel like you and I have so much in common and like that's why we love talking to each other yeah and that for me just struck such a hard core because it's like there's been times where I've gotten emotional about the fact that I don't think I know how to have fun anymore and it scares me because there's times where I become such a workaholic and so obsessed with my career and so obsessed with making the right decision. If I'm in Miami, if I'm in New York and am I doing enough work? Am I, you know, associating with the right people because energy, you know, like I can't be around people that are not supporting me. And, you know, I got to make sure that I'm putting enough actions in and, you know, because I want to be a certain place and I'm not, and I got to keep pushing and I got to be pushing. And it's like, oh, do you want to go out and like get a drink? And like, no, why would I want to drink? Like, why would I want to hurt my body? No, like I need my body. Like, no, I need to be healthy. Like, no, because like, what if I die? Like, no, I have dreams. Like, it's like so much paralyzing fear. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know how to enjoy myself. And like, I look back at just like who I was three years ago when I was in college and it was like, I was having so much fun. Like, you know, like that's how I met my boyfriend. We went out and we would dance and we would, you know, like drink and I would get drunk. And now it's yeah. like me drunk, never. Like, like it, I don't recognize who I was before. Yeah. And there's always this, like, I'm proud of myself because I'm very responsible and I'm a good influence on those that come into my life because I will always hold others accountable. I'll be like, well, how's your career going? Or, you know, like, are you working on your goals? I'm like, you know, like people will hang around me and they'll be like, oh, wow. Like I was so productive around you today. And I'm like, well, I'm a productive person. Like I will push productivity around you if you're near me. So, but like, it sometimes kind of stings me in the butt because I'm like, when it's time to have fun, I'm like, am I fun? And it's, you know? Yes. And I think that's the thing that I mentioned earlier about, having the blinders when you're, you know, we're both very ambitious women. Yeah. And you put on, in order to be hyper-focused, you kind of just have to zoom in and just be there, be there, be there. And then life passes you by. And we're artists. So we have to be constantly aware of our surroundings and what's going on because, you know, we bring beha- we bring behavior to life. You know, we take we take words and we add real behavior, real life, real circumstances to it. And we turn it into a real human being. And you can't do that if you're not living, if you're not 
participating. And so that's something that I'm really working to fix is like, I uh, promised myself at my birthday, like this, I I had like a crisis before my birthday this last year in September. I was like, oh my God, I just realized like, I'm not having any fun. Like I've just been working, 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 working. And what have I done? Like I haven't traveled. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. Like all these little things. And I'm like, I need to have more fun because at the end of the day, the reason I went for this is because I wanted to be happy. So if I'm not happy, then I'm not doing this right. And my friend, she's amazing. Um, and she had this business trip to LA and she knows that I go out there a lot for work. And she's like, Hey, do you, I have to be there for like three days for work. Do you want to come? And it was so last minute. It was like a week before that I was like everything in me, that I've built up as instinct now to be responsible uh, was like, I can't just go. And then I was like, you know what? Yes. The answer is yes. And she was like, well, I wasn't expecting you to say that. And we stayed at the four seasons. I was in the, this plush robe all the time, like living my best bougie life. <laughs> I may be broke, but I am bougie. <laughs> it was so much fun and so spontaneous. And so like meditative to be out mm-hmm. there. And, and I like before that trip, I was like, man, I really hate LA. It's so fake out here. It's all about work. All people talk about is a business and I'm not like that. Um, and that was like transformative. LA redeemed itself that time. And it was so great. And I, I t- looked at my, we were, I was sitting there and my friend with my best friend and we were talking and I was like, I need my goal for this next year, this new year in life around the sun to be about me having fun and taking more risks Yeah, and, and really implementing that and saying yes to stuff that scares me. Yeah. And so last month I did not last month. Oh my God, we're in March already. <laughs> in January. Um, before that I was up for a role where like, you know, she was a diver and a really like intense physical character. And, you know, I set my limits but I was like, but I really want to do this. So I'm going to express how much I really want to do this and how much I'm willing to train. And I was in a pool for four to five days a week training. You know, I had a double. I wasn't going to jump off a three meter board, but I was going to push myself way past my comfort zone. And it was a wonderful experience. And then I got the opportunity to go to Denver and that was amazing. And I'm like, this is good. I need to kind of incorporate this more into my life. Yeah. There's actually a book. It's called The Year of Yes. Oh yeah. You need to read it because I will because it's all about that. It's all about saying yes. And I, I did that one summer. It was actually one of my happiest summers. Um, and I did like a summer of yes. And I that was like such a great summer. I went to Jamaica and Hawaii and it was so good. I mean, obviously with friends and family, but it just came and like it was the first time I did like a slingshot, like that ride like in Coney Island and Cause I was just like, it's my year of yes. Like, let's do it. Yes. Like everything was a yes. And I remember just feeling so confident and so happy, but you know, I, I know that like there's other questions I want to talk about, but I really love that we're talking about this. And it kind of reminds me of like why I decided to come be in Miami for a little bit of time. And I get a lot of people asking me like, Oh, you're not in New York and you're not in New York. Oh, Oh, like, why aren't you in New York? And it, anytime somebody asks me, why am I not in New York? It's like asking a woman in her 40s, is she pregnant? Like, it's like, it strikes a chord inside of you that's like, you don't want people to ask you that because it's so personal. So it's like, you don't know if that woman's trying to get pregnant and can't. So you don't ask that. And it's like, when people ask me like, oh, why are you in Miami? It like strikes a chord. It's like, because it's so personal to me that I I don't like people asking me. And for me, it's just like, I have more of a life when I'm here, a full life. Like I go out with my boyfriend, with my partner, we, you know, we, we enjoy the beach or we go out and we have fun. We'll do photo shoots or we'll do whatever makes us happy. You know, we have our Sundays, we'll go to the farm or, you know, I have my home here. Like I have my house, like, you know, I have my, my little dog and we make, we, you know, we cook for each other and we're, we're happy. Right. When I'm in New York, if I'm, I'm away from my partner, so I don't have my partner anymore. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, sleeping on a pullout couch which is fine like I'm willing to do it when it's when I need to but now I'm no longer in my element I'm no longer in my space I no longer have my partner you know like I no longer have a life because I really only do things with him because 
he's the person I want to do things with, you know? And so my life overall becomes so much less. So my cup becomes so much less to give. And so I'm constantly in the state of, come on, Liz, you can do this. Get up. You have to do this. Like you have to struggle. And when I was doing my vision board this year, there was a quote that I put in there that said, be about the struggle with less of the struggle. And I was like, I don't want to struggle so hard for my career. And I want to come from a, a, a cup full versus mm-hmm. a cup half empty. And I'm just desperate because I, but I want to be here or I want to be where my partner is. So if a project comes up in Miami, then that's the one I want because I want to be here and that's okay. And like, it would been so hard for me to just be okay with like saying, I'm doing seven self tapes in Miami and that's enough. And I don't need to be in New York right now because I'm trusting that God is planting me where I need to be. And like, that's just so hard, but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like all of that just kind of has the same core of just like, enjoy your life. Cause that's number one. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I completely understand that. Like New York is a really difficult place to be. I, this is all I know. So, you know, people are listening and they're like, wow, she's really like killing it. And like, I've <laughs> lived here. So my heart beats the same beat of this crazy ass city. So I get it and I understand it and it doesn't stress me out in the same way that it does someone who moves here from someplace else. I can see how that's really difficult to kind of fall in line with. And it, you know, your, your inner rhythm either matches with it or it doesn't. And then, and then you're struggling and it's always hard in the beginning, but you want to set yourself up for success. And sometimes that means surrounding yourself with the things that make your glass feel full, right? I'm lucky that here, my mom's here, my sisters are here, you know, people that I love are here. And it's, it, it's a crazy environment, but it's an environment that I'm used to because it's all I know. Um, so part of the struggle is it's, it can be quite lonely and, Yes, there's a lot of work in New York, but we live in a time now where, like you said, you can self-tape. You can be almost anywhere in the country. And as long as you can hop on a plane, you can make it work. There's no limit to your success because of geography as much as there used to be before. But then the other thing that came up for me is, like, how important it is to have community. Right. Because in New York, you're lonely Mm -hmm. because your people aren't there. And so... Those are times where, like, when you have to be here, you have to find distractions and you have to find um, your people, your strength, your circle, the people that lift you up and fill that cup for you in a different way, but in a way that makes it so that you have enough to give. And that's always something that you have to, that I myself too have to work on. Right. And, like, I feel like for me, it's like, it's funny because I stride, I will stride no matter where I go because it's like the fire that, that is inside of me and the light that, like, I constantly have in my life. Um, And like, I, you know, I was born in New Jersey. So like I have family there, I have my cousins and my, you know, so it's like, for me, it's not, it wasn't even so much about that, like struggle of like the day to day. Like I enjoy New York. Like I enjoy the, like getting up and walking and feeling where like, we're all in that grind. Like, Ooh, like it fuels me. Like Miami doesn't fuel me like that. Like Miami for me is like peace, calm, like chill. But New York is like, Oh baby, let's go. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's something here. I could smell it. Like I love, like I love success. Like I love just the, like, it's like a sense. Like I love doing well and I love working hard for it, you know? And I think New York is all about that is about the grind and like, let's work for it. So I love New York, you know, but I think, like I said, I think it's like, there's points in my life where I just need to like take back because I think we're similar in the sense where it's like, it's intense. Mm -hmm. So it's like, since I am so intense, I need to tone back my intensity and like allow myself to like hibernate, recharge, get to where I need to be. And then I'm like a freaking rat. Like when I get there, I'm like, let's freaking go. Like, I don't have excuses. I'm not emotional. Like I'm not worn out. Like I'm on like a hundred percent and I'm here to dominate, you know? So I think it's like a a knowing who you are as a person and like always being a human first, human first, like take care of me, take care of me, then actor second business mind, like you know what I mean? Like you yeah. got to take care of you first. Like absolutely. what do you need first? 
Yeah, man. Um, we were, remember we were having this, I don't know if it was over text or a phone call, but we had like a deep conversation not too long ago. And you were like, how are you doing? And I'm like, how did you know I needed someone to ask? <laughs> and I was like, God is pretty good at using me. As oh my, <laughs> yes, yes. It was our Oprah conversation. It was our Oprah conversation. That was a good conversation. And so. it was, it was such an intense couple of months, the first few months of this year, because it was boom, 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 work, 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 intense, 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 audition, audition, audition. And um, I came back from doing the reading in Denver back to New York. And, you know, when you're in a constant state of creation and like creativity rather and um, moving and shifting and traveling and stuff like that, and then you come back to your like normal place, it's like being really high and then coming down from that. And it was like super jarring for me, very jolting to be back home and be like, okay, what's next? Because it was going so well that I was like, I want to be this busy every month. I want every month to have something that's like really intense that I have to focus on. And then like before the month is out, I have something booked for the next one. And like, I wasn't setting myself for success with that mentality, even though that was like super ambitious of me, but there's a lot of that that I don't have control over. And so um, I came back and all of a sudden everything was kind of just as I left it and back to that same reality. And that was really hard. And then I was like, where, when I can't let myself get down right now because I just had an amazing couple of months and I should be very proud and content with that. I need to, like you said, keep the glass full. So for me, it's spending time with my friends because when we're being super ambitious and and working really hard, we barely have time for our loved ones and our friends and stuff like that, that, that just kind of has to take a back seat. Yeah. So I needed to reconnect with that. And my friend just had a baby and he's just this perfect little mush. And I want to be there for her. I want to be in this kid's life because I love her so much. And by default, I love him so much. And so now like one of the days that I have time, I go and I just like chill with them and I help her with this baby and I spend the day with him and, helping her and watch her become a mother. And that is being a human first, like you said. And it just fills, fills the glass so much. It's the best. Yeah. And that, yeah, that helps these lulls feel just as worthwhile and, com- and complete. I'm so glad we talked about that. And I'm so glad we went deep because I feel like mm-hmm. it's so important. Yeah. That we talked about because it's real and people go through it. And I, I think that's, that is my whole point of talking about and connecting with people is because I feel like the more you talk about the darkness, the more you talk about the grind and the, the lulls, you bring light to it and you yeah. let people know that they're not alone. And I think that that's number one. I love letting people know, hey, you're not alone in this. Like more people feel like this. Most people feel like this. Mm-hmm. Because it's human, it's normal, and I want people to to know that. So let's go ahead and ask you this question. Mm-hmm. What is some of your best habits that you're proud of and that you think that other people can truly benefit if they incorporate those habits into their lives? Oh, wow. Um, I think that I am really good with time management. Mm-hmm. Even though I get on myself, like I'm, I lie to myself and I'm hard on myself. So I'm like, no, I'm not. I, I could fit. But I, I, like, you know, but most people don't know that, like, I work every day. I work, like, seven days a week. And it's wild. I have so many jobs. So you have to be super, like, every day I wake up and I'm like, what's now and what's next? And when I tell people who like haven't met me, like, oh, they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm an actress and I do this, 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 and this, and this. And they're like, how do you fit that all in? I'm like, I don't know. I just, I, and I don't know how to explain how I fit it in, except it's like, it's just moment to moment. It's day to day. Um, So that's something that I'm pretty good at. Um, The other thing is, and this is, I don't know how great (laughs) But it's, I'm really good at compartmentalizing. So, you know, life is hard sometimes. And what I'm really good at is like, if something in one area of my life is not going great, I do a really good job of not letting it filter into and seep into other parts of my life. Um, 
And that's literally sometimes a meditative thing where I just imagine that problem, that issue, that thing that I'm dealing, that I'm dealing with in that moment. I put it away in a little box and I set it aside. And I'm like, this isn't something that I have time to deal with right now. I'm going to put it right there. And when I have a moment, I will address it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't, anything in excess is bad, right? So you can't do that excessively because then you become someone who doesn't deal with your problems. But when you have a lot going on, when you're juggling a lot of different things, um, that's like a really important skill to have because it means that you can stay in the moment, focus on what you're doing and not have these things in the back of your head, just constantly hammering away at your psyche and, and taking your concentration away from you. Otherwise I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to sustain this lifestyle. Um, So I think those are two things that if in some way people can incorporate into their life, it would help them. But I, they come with a, with a warning. Don't overdo it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I'm going to ask you this question. What's something you wish more people knew about you? Um, I'm really sensitive and I don't come off that way. You know, I have gotten a couple times over the last few years and it's shocking because I'm all of 5'2 and a tiny little mosquito of a human being. (laughs) And more than a few people in my life have been like, no, but you're really intimidating. And that I felt like it was a negative. Of course, no one lets to hear that about themselves. And I was like, why? And it's my little sister was like, it's because you're so sure. And when you, when you say things, you say them with a lot of confidence and people just, it makes people second guess themselves. But um, I'm also like really sensitive. So sometimes mm-hmm. that gives people the impression that I'm not listening and picking up. And like, you know, I'm not very, I save my feelings for the stage. <laughs> <laughs> um, and sometimes I don't let people in on that and what's going on but I have a hyperactive inner life and it's very, <laughs> it's very hard to keep in, <laughs> but, and I'm obviously doing a really good job of hiding that because everybody thinks I'm just like this walking confident thing. And I'm like, I'm freaking out all the time. <laughs> yeah. That is so funny. I love that so much. Yeah. I've actually gotten that before too. People have said, you're so intimidating. I'm like, intimidating. I'm over here like, I think I'm like this little butterfly, like, hi, <laughs> hi, guys. People were like, you're so, and people like when I was younger, they'd be like, I thought you were such a bitch until I started talking to you. I was like, oh my God, why'd you think I was mean? I'm like the nicest person ever. But that's a, that is also not on us. It's a part of like society and their idea of like what a woman should be, especially yeah. like, you know, a petite woman who's kind of cute. They want you to be warm and engaging and always smiling and always making them feel good about themselves. And it's like, I'm a person. Yeah. Um, and I think it also has to do with confidence. Like I tell my boyfriend, like I was telling him yesterday, I was like, do you ever meet those people that you feel like they're not in their skin? Like I'm a very in my skin kind of human where it's like, I don't need to, like, I don't fumble around others. Like I don't get nervous around you. Like your presence yeah. doesn't intimidate me. Like I know how to take deep breaths and be in the moment. So like, I'm very in my skin. I look at other people. I'm like, you need some like meditating and you need some like, kind of like stop asking for approval. And I pick up on that so fast. Like people come into rooms. I'm like, and that's why it's actually really hard for me to go out to like clubs and stuff because I'm very hypersensitive to other people's energy. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of insecurities and a lot of like, people like you know looking for approval or just like so much and I pick up on all of it that it's so annoying because it's like Elizabeth can you just get a little drunk so you stop like analyzing everybody's like life like I dig so deep into their soul that I'm like I don't want to do this right now do you know what I mean like it's so intense you've literally hit it on the head that's exactly it I'm like very much of very much an empath in that way yeah I I'm constantly trying to read behavior right so I am very grounded and very chill and um, I don't let myself get too, even though on the inside I might have a lot going on and outside I'm like very grounded and very chill. And therefore like anybody's vibration, if they're like a lot higher than that, like I'm very sensitive to that. And I just don't walk around trying to get anybody's approval. I'm like, I'm happy just being myself. I don't care what you think about me. And the other thing is that like I came into this world and was raised to believe that everyone's equal. Everyone's the same. 
So I'm not intimidated by literally anyone. Right. Maybe Oprah. (laughs) I know. Maybe I'd be like nervous around her, but in general, like, I just think people are people. We all, you know, have to sleep at night. We all need to drink water to survive, you know. We all pee and fart. Like, it's fine. <laughs> what is the big <laughs> You have more money or more influence doesn't make you inherently better or if you have less of it worse than anybody else. And so sometimes for people who are always on a power trip, that's really frustrating because I'm just not a victim of that ever and I will call you on it and I'm like that's really unfair and I don't know who you think you are but I am not the one and maybe that's the intimidation factor for people but I I just really truly believe in my in my soul that we are all the same no one's better than anyone and so um that makes for interesting um relationships sometimes (laughs) um but yeah, you can imagine some of my teachers are like, oh, this kid. No, I totally, I, that's so funny because like the more we talk, I always find like how alike we are and I'm the same way where it's like, I've never been afraid. And I always used to say that as a kid. And I remember I'd be like, I'm not afraid of anyone. I'm not, I don't respect authority. I used to say that as a kid because it's like, what I meant by it is like, I'm not intimidated by you just because you're the principal. I'm not intimidated by you just because you're a teacher or if you're like, you know, I was, I grew up with a very strict stepfather and he was very much um, a military and he was, he, he instilled, he tried to instill a lot of fear into me as a kid. Um, and we had a lot of like clashing moments and as a little girl, I was very okay with putting him in his place and letting him know what he was doing was wrong. And I always allowed my voice to stand out. I was never afraid. And even when I was afraid, like I would close the door and I would look at myself in the mirror and I would like talk to myself and be like, what's the game plan? Cause we're not afraid. Like we're not letting this hold us back. Like what are we going to do? And so I've always been like that. And even in college, like I had problems with like a professor where he was you know in the first couple years like I was his favorite because I was really creative and I was really good at you know being an actress and he loved his favorites and I was amongst those favorites and then um senior year he kind of junior senior year he kind of started being a little weird with me because I I didn't care that I was his favorite but you know if I don't agree with something I'm gonna let you know and he didn't think that that was okay for me to put him in his place and so once I would put him in his place like he stopped liking me and so he would treat me like shit and I let him know that you don't intimidate me honey like I'm not afraid of you and and even so like I'm not afraid of anyone like and I'm glad that I went through the shit that I went through as a kid because when people come to me I'm like you don't know what I went through as a kid like this is nothing I was dealing with way worse of a bully at the age of five in my own house you mean nothing like you will not you're you're inferior to me like and I'm so glad that I have that because when I'm in the world and people attack it's like I have a really strong shield that's Mm -hmm. like but you're never really gonna touch me because right I'm I'm okay like I have a really strong shield so and and then the only people that that really affects are the people that are on a power trip I think in general most people are of the consensus that, you know, everybody is on a level playing field in terms of like their value as a human being. Whether society is representative of that, that's a whole different, you know, yeah. the world doesn't necessarily, is not fair, but if it was fair, we would all be equal. And what I do really stand in is that everybody deserves respect, but it goes, it's a two-way street. And, um, I always treat people with respect. I rarely lose my temper with people. I, I, I rarely insult people. Um, I really try to give people the benefit of the doubt that I'm going to give them that and they're going to give it to me in return. But the minute they don't, yeah, step out of line and do something grimy, I will let them know. Because I don't like... I don't like abusive situations. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't, that's just something that I can't stand for. And if it's in within my, within my power, my control or um, something that I can say something about and hopefully rectify it. But if not, at least bring it to someone's attention, then I'll do that. Yeah. Um, And most of those power trips, like you said, they come from insecurity. Absolutely. And that's what rubs me the wrong way. It's that like, 
you're leading from insecurity and I can see it and it bothers me because it's like, you're attacking me because I'm confident or because I appear to be confident and you're trying to break me. And that's what rubs me the wrong way is when people try to break me or try to nitpick at me or like, it's not even so much now, although I have had those altercations like at work situations, but like not so much now. Cause like when I was younger or like in school, it was easier for teachers to have power trips or like my, my, you know, my parental that had that power trip with me. It was like, it was easier for those people to have those power trips because I was technically had to be submissive because mm-hmm. I was a child or because I'm a student. So therefore I have to submit to you because somehow you're more than me. So it's like, that's when I had those problems because I see through you and I yeah. see that where you're coming from. If someone gives me constructive feedback and it's like coming from a loving place, I'll take it. You know, I'm really, I'm really open. But when I see that what you're trying to do to me is manipulate me or hurt me or, you know, like, make like I don't know be condescending that rubs me the wrong way you know oh, yeah. so I, I can't and I I have very small tolerance for that kind of behavior yeah and that was the only I have to be honest like it's not something that I encounter very often anymore um when I was I think younger you know my late teens and when I was right out of college it was something that I struggled with a lot because I I was like 15 going on 30 <laughs> when I was younger and I was like well don't you know, but you have a lot of life lessons to learn. So to a certain extent, like, yes, a lot of people that are older than you are like, you are a child. (laughs) You don't get it yet. And then in retrospect, sometimes they were right. Sometimes they were not right, but a lot of times they were right. But I was very confident in myself in that regard. Um, But once you start to step into your own or people get to know you, that happens less and less. And the thing about, you know, growing up is that, you stop letting people that would treat you that way into your life. And then there's just, they're just not there. And so they can't treat you that way because they don't exist in your circles. But when we're kids and when we're really young and wanting to impress or wanting to be liked, we constantly surround ourselves with people like that because we are always wanting to find affirmations in someplace else. Um, But now, I mean, it's rare when that happens. And when it does, it gets nipped in the butt real fast. That's a great point. That's such a great point because you're so right. It's like you're so hyper aware of that that you're like, no, mm-mm. it just doesn't. It doesn't enter your sphere, and because and then they know that the people know people get that vibe from you that that this is just someone that I'm not going to fuck with. Um, but that's also very. I feel like those are problems that we have when we're young and when we're when you're older, and that's still a thing there's still people in your life that are treating you that way like it's like oh my god we got to reevaluate like what are you doing that there's so many people in your life that are trying to intimidate you and bully you um step away reevaluate find a different circle and that would be great advice to anyone that's listening that is kind of dealing with that is like if you're younger or if you're you know dealing with something like that like you said step away reevaluate and know sometimes that that's coming from them because they're insecure or they're trying to intimidate you. And it's like, hopefully that person, or if this person's listening can find that in themselves to be like, because it's sad because some people, and that even goes in the line with bullying. It's like some people don't even realize that their aggressor, the bully is really super insecure and is picking on you. And some people take their lives for that because they don't find that inner confidence or they don't find that light at the end of the tunnel, you know? And that's really sad. Not everybody has that like, voice of confidence to say hey they're insecure you're you're good it's I mean, not about you you know it's I mean? impossible it's impossible when you're a teenager like you just don't everything is like doom or yeah. glee there's no in between it's either wonderful or it's the worst thing that ever happened in the world and that's you know part of it is nerdy science fact the fact the fact that we literally your brain regresses when you're a teenager your prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed you actually go through like a slightly regressive state while you grow, while your hormones change. And, and that's a real, you, you're in a constant state of overwhelm. So huh. everyone is struggling and yeah. some people are just really cruel. Some children are just in such a dark place that they treat people around them like crap and, or they have behavioral issues that really need to be addressed and no one's there or they're, you know, they're bullying because they're being bullied at home. And it's, it doesn't take away from the fact that like at that age, it's still 
it still feels like the end of the world when you're constantly being attacked and bullied and you don't have like a, a way to break out. And it's, I don't have the answer for that, man. I, yeah. as adults, we need to be more aware and we just need to teach kids to speak up mm-hmm. um, and to be, and, and to stand up for each other. Because I remember as a kid, a lot of times I would see it and because I was so shy and so scared of my, not my own shadow, but just of like, I grew up in a rough neighborhood. So I had a, good reason to be scared but um <laughs> like not today <laughs> the hood was no joke um but I would see some pretty brutal stuff and I and and I and I'm like man I never did anything I never said anything because I didn't want to be the target of that right and in retrospect I wasn't like I was in any physical danger like I very much could have but it's really hard to separate the feeling of physical and emotional danger when you're that young so right. It is. I, I had the answers. <laughs> so I think that that's a really good leeway to my next question, which mm-hmm. is what is advice you would give your younger self? To speak up more. Definitely. Um, there were so many times where like, I wish I, things would happen or someone would say something to me and like, I would have the perfect comeback like in my head. Um, <laughs> but I would never, I would never vocalize it there were a lot of things that I just kept to myself, a lot of like feelings that um, I didn't bring up because I didn't want to burden other people with them. And that's like, not great, you know? Um, And a lot of it was outside of my control, but the way that I rectified that as an adult was, I'm really open about this. Like I went to therapy so that I could learn to overcome a lot of those struggles and be the best version of myself that I could be. Um, so as a kid, I would tell myself to, to, to just speak up more um, and to be, you know, to stand in that, like, my personality and my idiosyncrasies and my quirks were perfect. I didn't need to change any of them. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that <laughs> I love that so much. Okay. So we're going to play a little game. Oh. It's a word game. Mm. Um, so when I say this word to you, just tell me the first thing that comes up to your mind and we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the first word actually is so funny is voice. Voice. Um, power. Power. Yeah. I think having a, like, having a voice using it is powerful. You can change someone's perspective. You can have a conversation you can meet someone halfway if you use it it's so powerful yeah I love that dreamer um innocence we dream so much when we're little we let ourselves daydream so much when we're innocent and we lose that the more we learn about the world the less we dream yeah that's true I love that um gift (laughs) it's really funny because I have a hard time like receiving gifts (laughs) yes I am I love giving but I'm really it's hard for me to accept acceptance I think gift is acceptance like letting someone treat you letting someone you know spoil you pamper you give you something whether it be help or a compliment or anything is is you have to be in a state of acceptance to do that what about blessing abundant (laughs) i (laughs) hope that blessings are abundant Um, yeah what about faith faith for me is a journey and very personal, right? It is different from person to person. So for me, I think of a journey and a personal journey specifically. I love that so much. First off, I want to say thank you for being oh. so vulnerable, oh. for being so open, for allowing flow into our conversations. I mean, we went and we flowed but that's our relationship is that we can talk for hours (laughs) we really could and I love that so much and like I love when I can like 
share these conversations with people because I know how much I love podcasts and like I love to listen to people talk and I think listening to other people is so incredibly important because I could have just kept doing season two about me talking but incorporating other people's opinions and their life experiences and their fears and their mindsets and their habits and their point of view in life is so unique and so important and so I want to make sure that I'm always bringing those voices to the table and I'm so glad that I got to talk to you because I think that you're such a smart individual and you're so passionate about things and um I admire you so much and I admire your drive and you're not the type of person that has to share everything and I love that about you like I'm a huge sharer and you're so private with your life and a lot of it is like you're like oh my god Mathia's doing all these things but like I see you in the day-to-day because obviously we work together but anyone else would be like holy shit she's just like you would think that you just got there overnight but it's because you're so private and you allow your success to speak for you and I think that that's so awesome you know that you don't have this thing where you have to share and it's kind of a disease to feel like you need to like share so much that I have to work on that and I think that it's admirable to like be around people that they're just like in their life. They're living their life. And um, I just love you so much. And I value our friendship so much. So I just wanted to say thank you. Oh my gosh. So much. And I thank you for having me and for being in my life. You're such a source of light and positivity. And you spread that with fearlessly. And it's it's a gift. You are a gift of a human mm-hmm. being. And I'm so grateful to have you in my life. And mm-hmm. thank you for inviting me into your space um, and listening. It feels it's always just so great to get to share ideas and thoughts in life with you. It's wonderful. I adore you. I love you. And so I just wanted to um, ask you, where can the listeners find you and how can they best reach out to you? If they do hear this and they're so inspired and they want to chat with you about something, can where can they reach you? Well, I'm definitely the most open and available on Instagram. Okay. And it's literally just at Mathia Vargas. Um, I'm very political on there, so <laughs> I'm very, um, and I have a website and you can reach me via email through there as well. It's MathiaVargas.com um, and Facebook. It's just my name. I think I'm the only Mathia Vargas. <laughs> Isn't it a blessing? <laughs> it's great, except you're easy to find and, you know, um, but yes, of course, if people feel so compelled to reach out and share feedback or anything that they connected with, it would be a dream that would be so lovely. Um, I would welcome that. So thank you. Thank you so much. And there you guys have it. That is episode 17 of Shine Brighter with Liz. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it brought some light to your life. I hope you were able to share a laugh or feel like you are not alone in some kind of way. Um, If you did like this episode, go ahead and like it, leave a review, share it with a friend, share it with three friends. Um, And I just hope that You have a wonderful, beautiful day. Keep shining bright. Bye.